Uh, well, I just, you know, been been praying about coming out here, and I almost didn't, was not able to make the trip because our little Lacey got horribly sick and ended up uh, hospitalized. Uh, but uh, with everybody around the world praying for her, um, she quickly recovered and got out of the hospital. So we give praise and honor to God. God, you're awesome. We love you. And uh, so she had double pneumonia in both her lungs. And if you guys know her, she's little, little girl, so little lungs. Um, but we just thank the Father for healing her quickly and just keep praying for her. She's still coughing a bit and trying to get over all that stuff. So, um, well, I just had some things that God had been putting into my heart. Um, a couple years ago, started, God started speaking to me about uh, each year coming up to the end of the year, I started asking God, what is the crowning word for the year? And I never done that before, but God started speaking to me a, a word that would define uh, the next year. And this year, we were going through lots of battles and challenges as we uh, tried to claw our way through the end of 2018. Um, and I was horribly sick in bed and just all kinds of stuff had happened. And I was asking God, I'm like, okay, what's the word for 2019? And I felt like I could barely think, let alone, you know, know what God was speaking. And he spoke the word transfer to me. He just said, 2019 is the year of transfer. And of course, you know, we can do our shout and hallelujah. Ah, transfers coming, Jesus. Bank transfers, wire transfers. We can do all that stuff, right? We're good about that as, as faith-filled Christians. Um, but I really started to ask him, what, what does that mean? And, you know, something that we tend to not do very well as Christians is we love the promises of God, but we really don't love the requirements of God. God always provides a key for every promise. And many believers love to shout and sing and jump on Sunday morning about the amazing goodness of God. And He is good and He is amazing and His blessings. And then they go back to their life and nothing changes. Nothing shifts, nothing adjusts, nothing transfers in their life. And so uh, I just want to give you some keys. I always feel God is giving me things uh, to give us the promises and the blessings, but also to unlock things. What are the keys that are needed for your life? So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I give you all the glory and honor and praise. Father, we just stop to honor you. Lord, this is your word. This is your people. This is your time. This is all you. So Father, I surrender this moment, this time to you. God, whatever you want to do today, Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak, that you speak, that you speak. I pray that hearts would be open, ears to hear, eyes to see. Lord, open up the deep places. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you bring healing in this place this morning. God, you are the great healer. You are Jehovah Rapha. I declare healing will be in this room this morning. Thank you, Father, for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your never-ending, amazing, amazing, amazing mercies. Your word says they are new every day. So, Father, I speak mercy in this place. I speak grace in this place. And, Father, we just give you the praise, the glory, the honor. And we thank you, Father, for you. We thank you for how good you are all the time, God. We love you, love you, love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, if you're awake, then I won't uh, yell at you. If you're not awake, then I will yell at you. <laughs> I don't do a lot of yelling. <clears throat> I leave that to Pastor Eric, so... Um, so 
the word transfer. So let me read. I want to read this to you. And then uh, actually, I'm going to do it at the end. The actual word that God gave me around transfer gave me a prophetic word for the year. So I'm going to read it over to you towards the end. And we'll just uh, jump into the word right now. People of God, do not fear for God's name and his reputation have gone before you. God's name and his reputation have gone before you. So God took me to a very odd verse. For some reason, I've, I've never really grabbed this. And he sent me to Joshua 2, um, chapter 2, verse 9 through 12, if you want to pull it up. Um, and you can read all the NIV or the NET or whatever else is on your Bible app. Um, so this is the two spies that have been sent out. You guys know the story and they get to Jericho and there is a harlot that takes them in and protects them while they're in the city. And this is what she says to the men. I know the Lord is handing this land over to you. First thing she says to them. So here's the harlot prophesying to the two men, the two spies. We are absolutely terrified of you and all who live in the land are cringing before you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you left Egypt and how you annihilated the two Amorite kings, Sihon and Og, on the other side of the Jordan. When we heard the news, we lost our courage and no one could even breathe for fear of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. This is the prostitute prophesying to the two men of God, the two spies, and this is what she says to them. God uses all things. I'll tell you a little story. <laughs> I'm out here for multiple reasons this weekend that God sent me out here for a few assignments. And um, I was supposed to be stay staying one place and I ended up staying another place. Um, and then in the morning, I had to get a taxi to run over and, and borrow Pastor Eric's car while, the, while I'm down here on the trip. And I get in the taxi cab, and it's just, I wasn't supposed to be in a taxi cab. My Lyft app wasn't working. And so I get in the, I call a taxi, which I don't think I've done since last time I was in New York, maybe. And here comes this old beat up taxi. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone trying to deal with something. I get in the taxi, I'm showing him the address while I'm on my phone. And I sit down in the seat. And as soon as I get off the phone, I said hello to him, and he starts prophesying to me. This was two days ago. He literally starts prophesying to me, specific to me, and some of the things and the anointings and the callings that God has on my life. He just starts speaking, God has called you as Joseph, and he just goes off like, like this. And he's like broken English, um, not who I would expect to be prophesying to me when I get into the cab. I couldn't get out my phone fast enough. I'm like, I got to record this. I got through about half of it. And I'm like, I was just, I was just cracking up because God is so amazing, right? We put God in these little boxes and says, oh, this is how God works. This is how God functions. And God's like, ah, oh, watch this. And I, I was texting him and texting my friend Seaboard. I texted my wife. I'm like, I got in the car and the guy prophesied the whole purpose of why I'm here this weekend. And because I, I was here, I'm here working on all kinds of business things and kingdom agendas uh, for moving forward the kingdom of God with finance. And uh, you guys probably know we, we run a hedge fund and we have businesses and ministries and all kinds of crazy stuff that God has us doing. 
and he just sat there and just speaking the word of the Lord. And he wasn't, he was almost not even paying attention to me. He just kept going. I'm like, and I was going to say something because I was so excited. And God's like, shh, be quiet. Just listen. And he sat there the entire time from the time he picked me up to the time he dropped me off at Eric's house. And he prophesied to me the whole time. Just the word of the Lord. Boom, 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 boom. I was like, wow, God, you're so good. And I don't know about you, but I'm a kingdom warrior. I'm a lion in the kingdom of God. I'm of the, of the tribe of Judah. And we fight the battles, right? God wins them, but we got to fight. We got to stand up. My whole family, my children, my wife, we are in the battle all the time. It's one of our assignments to be kingdom warriors, to move forward the kingdom of God. And it gets tiring. It gets exhausting. You run out of resources all the time, physical, natural, mental, spiritual. And sometimes you just need the cab driver to prophesy to you and to speak the word of the Lord. And I was like, man, that's so awesome. I love the great men of God and women of God, and I got prophets in my life and amazing people that call me and speak the word of the Lord. But when God grabs a hold of the donkey and starts speaking, you know that God is alive, right? God is real. God is with us. God's for us. And I, I, I was so funny because I had, I had gotten this on the plane when I was flying in, and I thought, man, God's prophesying through the harlot in the city. God don't care. God's happy to use whoever is willing to listen. I want to break this down for you because it was so good. She knew that the land was being handed over to God's people. She knew it. it she knew it. She's not a believer. She's not a, she wasn't a Hebrew. She was completely on the opposite fence. She was in the camp of the enemies, right? And she knew that the, the, the land was being handed to her. The, the land was being handed to the people of God. So 2019, the year of transfer, I want, you'll, you'll catch what I'm, what I'm speaking about. The enemy, number two, the enemy is terrified of us. The second thing she says is, is that, uh, for we heard how the Lord dried up. Oh, no, the second thing she says, we are absolutely terrified of you. This is what she's saying. We're terrified of you. You ever look at the enemy and just think, man, Wow, that's a huge enemy. That's a huge wall in my life. That's a huge situation. Um, I think I've told you guys before, but uh, last year I was, God locked me away for three days to pray, which I don't do too often like that, like actually leave and go to a specific place. And uh, for three days I walked the, the hall for about four hours a day for three days in a row. And I, you know, I'm like, I'll fast if I need to, but I'd rather not, you know, like, I mean, I spend time, I talk with God all day long, every day. I'm in communication with the Father all the time. But sometimes God says, okay, this is important. So for three days, I locked down uh, my wife and I, and I prayed for three days in a row. And the last day, and I'm, I'm kind of crazy when I pray and get in these modes. I've got, you know, blankets over my head and prayer shawls, and I'm just walking the floors and praying. And as I was praying in this room, we were up in the mountains in a, in a hotel room at a, at a high level and a high floor. And I was just walking, walking, walking and praying. I was probably two and a half hours into praying. And as I come around the building, so it's a big glass building and we're right at the edge there where the, the room is. And as I come around in one of my sweeps, Satan himself just goes Woof, and just literally stands right next to me on the outside of the glass. as clear as day, like we're hanging out. And just rolls up like this. And he's kind of standing like this with his arms crossed, like out next, you know, next to the glass. And I come around and I stop. And I've been speaking in tongues and praying for hours. I'm like, it's a good time to show up, Satan. Um, and 
I stopped there for a second, and I had my arms kind of like this, and I just as kind of loud as I could, I said, be gone, like that, just loud. Didn't say in the name of Jesus, none of that stuff. I just said, be gone. And I literally watched him just fly off the side of the building, like a movie, just like into oblivion as far as he could go. And after that, my perspective of who the enemy is has shifted a lot. We give the enemy much more ground than he is allowed. We give him much more audience in our life than he's worth. We give him a much bigger stage than he is allowed. He is a defeated foe. The Bible says Jesus went and took the keys from hell and the grave. He stole them. He's not in charge of this earth. Satan has been defeated, destroyed, and ruined. He has very little, he has no impact on our life. None. The only impact he allows is through the lies. The Bible says that Lucifer, which his name was switched to, to Satan, uh, his very name births lies. He is the birther of lies. So that's his entire job is to lie, to lie, to lie, to lie. The Bible says he is out to lie, steal, kill, and destroy our life. That is what he does. But how does he do it? He has very little impact. He, he can't do anything to us. He can't do anything at all. But because he's the birther of lies, he creates lies. When he creates lies, and if we agree with any of those lies anywhere in the world, that lie becomes bigger. In, in, if you look at Hitler, the way he did what he did was he started telling lies via media and movies that he created and all these things, and he would lie and he would lie and he would lie. And then he'd get people to believe the lie and tell the lie bigger and bigger and bigger. He started very, very small, if you understand history. He lied and he lied and he lied. And the more he lied, the lie got bigger. The more people believed it, the more they thought, oh, well, we just better give in because, man, that guy's going to come and just crush us, right? He just continues to lie to us. And I, I, I want you to get the power of who God is. This is the Old Testament. This isn't even under Jesus. This is just God Almighty, Elohim, Adonai, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. This is God, right? We have full access to God the Father through Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ has forgiven us of all sin. We're done. The sin was gone. Everything is over with. We are 100% we are winners. We win all the time. Push your neighbor say, you win. You didn't believe it. Push your neighbor again and say, you win. You win. We win. We win. We win. We win. But the problem is, is that the enemy is a master of deception. He's just the master. He's the best at it. He's had thousands of years to make it perfect. So what, who, who is uh, our enemy? Our enemy is our mind. The Bible says the enemy is at em the mind is an enemy of God or at enmity with God, which it means literally it's an enemy of the spirit, right? The spirit of God is within us. But it's always fighting. It's always trying to say, oh, well, that's not really true. That's not really right. It's always lying to us. So the third thing is this. She says, uh, she says, we heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you left Egypt and how you annihilated the two other kings. Um, so she had heard the news of who God is. And she says this on number the, the fourth item. She says, the enemy has um, the enemy. She knew that the enemy had, or she, the, God's people were there. She had heard that the enemies of God had been defeated, and she lost courage. 
she had heard already that all the other enemies of God had been defeated and they had lost courage. So I want you to shift your perspectives for a moment. You know how the word says that we, we always talk about, we want to have the mind of Christ. We want to have his perspective. We want to have his vision. But I encourage you with some of the things that you're dealing with this year, go to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, give me the mind of Christ. He says we have access to it, right? We have access to the Father. Come boldly before the throne of grace. We have full access to the Father through the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, I need access to the mind of Christ so I can see things with a different perspective. She could see the perspective of who God was because of the news that had happened. The enemy already knows 100% who God is. Do you realize that every situation you face in life, the enemy already knows that if you know what the key is, if you know how to speak God's word correctly, if you know how to operate as a son or daughter of the king of kings, you win every time. There is no loss. There is no way to be defeated. The problem is the Bible says my people, what? Perish for lack of understanding. You know what we're missing in God's house? We're missing discipleship and teaching. We're missing the word of God, the hidden things. We like to shout and sing and declare and say all this stuff, but the enemy laughs at us because we miss the keys. We miss the keys of the kingdom. The Bible says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom, right? The keys to the kingdom are understanding that we serve the almighty God. The enemy is little. And I, I, brought, I said that story because I, literally Satan was the size of a, a tall man. That's the best I could, I could describe and I've seen all kinds of angels in my life. I saw Gabriel. He's like 200 and some odd feet tall from what I could see, maybe 300 feet. I've seen other angels that are just massive. I've seen all kinds of things over my life. And I'm like, I'm telling you, Satan is, I, I just changed my whole perspective. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it didn't mean that my life was going to be easy and didn't mean that I had, don't have to fight for things, but it changed my viewpoint. What it did is it gave me the eyes of Jesus, the eyes of God, as to who the enemy is. When you look at the enemy, this is how you need to look at the enemy, always. Every time you talk to the enemy, you should do this, like that. That's what you're, that's what you're doing. The Bible says we're seated at high places with Jesus, right? We're seated with him. Where is he seated? He's not seated down there. He's seated at the high place. In Colorado, we live at 6,333 feet. We live at the high place. We live where God has this position because there's something powerful. It's where the eagles go. It's where the eagles live at the high place. So the perspective is the enemy is always below. The enemy is always a defeated foe. These things have to get in our spirit. These are the keys. These are the keys for transfer in 2019. So the, the, the other thing, the last thing I caught in this was um, at, the, at the end of this, uh, this is what she says. I'm going to read the end of this verse. She says, For the Lord your God is, is God in heaven above and on earth below. Let me read it again. For the Lord your God, not their gods, is God in heaven above and on earth below. She knew who the real God was. I want, uh, here's what Lord is. Um, Lord is a very uh, is a term we you know we don't really use in the English language except for us Christians, <laughs> us believers understand what Lord is. But I pulled up what Lord means, and I want you to to catch this. It means someone or something. Ready? Having power, authority, 
or influence a master or ruler. So here's the key for you guys to this entire verse. Is the Lord really your God? Is the Lord your God? Is the Lord my God? Right? This world is full of all kinds of lords. It's, it's full of all kinds of gods. It's full of all kinds of things that try to take the place of who God is. Once again, what's Satan? The birther of lies, the birther of lies, the birther of lies. He's always trying to create things to replace who God is. He's always trying to take our eyes off of who the Lord Jesus Christ is, who our God is, and put other things in positions. If you look at all the Old Testament, where did the children of Israel always get in trouble? When they replaced the true God with the gods that were there. When they said, oh, we're going to worship Baal, and we're going to worship this God and that God. And they always replaced it. So the key to all this, and the power and the authority and who God is, is God really your God? Is He the Lord of your life? Lord of your life is meaning that if you look at alignment and say, Father, I am aligned underneath your Lordship, which means you are at the top all the time, and I fall unto you. I bow before you, God. And you know what? When God is Lord of your life, He makes you do crazy stuff. <laughs> he has you do crazy things. He has you do stuff that is wild and crazy. Man, I've had literally in 2018, I had more crazy God, Holy Spirit encounters than I've had in my entire life combined. I mean, just crazy. I'll give you an example. I was in Washington, D.C. like a week ago. Um, the Holy Spirit told me to go out there for two assignments. I knew kind of what the first one was. We were meeting with a king from India and uh, who, was a, who was also a Christian with a bunch of kingdom stuff uh, to do with finances. And so God, the Holy Spirit said, go to, go to Washington, D.C., and I got two assignments for you. I, I understood what the first one was, and then the second one I didn't know. So I landed in Washington, D.C., and as I landed and touched down, I heard the word Lincoln. And I'm like, well, that's kind of obvious, God, you know. <laughs> Lincoln might be around here somewhere. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, cool. I put it in my, you know, my, my mental uh, my mind and said, okay, Lincoln, I got that. And then so we had, um, we had this meeting, and I get up in the morning, and uh, I was going through the cash I had in my pocket, and I had four $5 bills. And there's Lincoln on the back of each of the $5 bills. I was like, well, that's cool. Never even noticed that. Um, so then, you know, God's speaking Lincoln again. So I said, okay. And so we get through the, the second day, and on the last day, I get up in the morning, uh, you know, it's probably about 9.30 or so, and God says, go to the Lincoln Memorial. And I said, okay. I've never been to Washington, D.C., just to give you an idea, in my whole life. It's cool, but never been there. I've been all over the world. Um, so I said, all right, sounds good. So I get my Lyft. My Lyft app was working this time. And <laughs> the Lyft driver comes up, picks me up, get in the car. He's a, a younger um, Asian-American young man, probably 26 years old, really nice. And we just start chatting and just start talking, and we're kind of driving and and in moments, it was like, it was almost like um, he, he was in a place where he is pursuing and seeking who God was, literally. That was the moment that he was at. And somehow he says, yeah, he says, I, I've been asking God for things, but he doesn't answer me. And he says, I know if I'm a good person, I'll get to heaven. And I said, no, you won't. And he looked at me all shocked, like, what? I mean, he was genuinely like concerned. I said, no, you won't. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, it's all through Jesus. He said, who's Jesus? And so 
for the next 10 minutes, we started just talking about how, how awesome Jesus was and how he had access to God and that his prayers could be answered. Um, so that was our, our trip. And then, of course, we pull up in front of the Lincoln Memorial, um, and I'm continuing to talk to him, and he's asking me. I mean, he's just like dying to know who God is, right? It was like, this is too easy. So it was pretty, pretty awesome. We ended up praying, and then at the end, I said, hey, do you want Jesus? And he goes, yes, please. And so I grabbed his hand, and he asked Jesus into his heart, and we were in front of the Lincoln Memorial. And I thought, you know what? Following Jesus is really easy if you listen. Doing the great things and the amazing things. One of my favorite guys on the planet is Todd White. And I love just following him. You know, I always watch his videos and I'm like, ah, that's so awesome. You know, he's being taken all over the world and people are getting healed and legs restored. And I mean, demons cast out and it's just so much fun to watch, right? Because God is, God's pretty fun. It's exciting. It's interesting. And if it's not exciting or interesting, then something's wrong. We're not listening. We're not following. We're not being led by the Spirit. We have to be led by the Spirit in everything that we do. And I just really, for 2019, I believe the things that we have been believing for, if we are led by the Spirit of God and we understand and can hear and can listen and can walk, then the promises of God are yes and amen. That's the promises of God. They're yes and amen. I have bound and determined that most, all the problem in life, actually all the problem in life is me. I'm the problem. Anything that's not happening in my life or relationship with God, it's me. I take responsibility for it. It's not about doing the right thing or the wrong thing or sinning. That's not any of it. It's about, is God Lord of my life? Is he really in control of my life? We say that all the time. Oh, God, be Lord. You ever listen to worship songs and actually hear the words you're singing? You ever just, I, I listen to worship songs. I'm, a, I'm kind of like a critique of worship, Right. Not critical, but critiquing. What are we saying? We say lots of songs, and I'm like, bless me, and my day sucks, and it's a hard life. And I'm like, what if it's a country song or something? I don't know what we're singing in worship, you know? But what are we actually, what are we actually saying? What are we actually doing? What do we believe? Do we really believe that God is Lord of our life? Are we really believers? Jesus didn't say, you know, ask me into your heart with these five steps and this perfect, you know, steps to salvation, and you'll be saved. He said, if you believe in me, you will have everlasting life. Is the sinner's prayer follow these steps in the Bible? No. He said, if you believe in me, you will have everlasting life. There's lots of people that have said all kinds of words, and it doesn't mean they believe in God. And, and if you if we look at the word, Jesus will say, they'll say, well, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? And he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because, ready, I never knew you. I never had relationship with you. You didn't actually believe in me. I was just a thing. I was just something that you did on Sundays, some song you sang, some prayer that you prayed, you know, 50 prayers of the same thing, but you had no relationship with me. Man, the older I get, my heart hurts for people. My heart hurts for my own children, for my own wife, for my family, for you guys. Man, I don't want any of us to miss eternal life. I don't want any of us to miss the life that God has here. God has an abundant life. It's so fun. It's so awesome. It's so exciting. But I'll tell you something else the taxi driver said. That's so good. Uh, let's see if I can. I probably can't remember it. I put it in here. Um, <laughs> I couldn't keep up with this guy. I'm like, man, I should record this. 
This is, this is uh, stuff to preach for the next five months. Um, he says, <clears throat> he said, you can't wear the crown unless you can first wear the cross. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I could send it over to T.D. Jakes. He could work that out for a week. You can't wear the crown unless you can first wear the cross. Man, Jesus said, pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. I just, I, I love you guys, and I encourage you guys to really follow Jesus in 2019. You want the transfers of the things from the past to be transferred out? I'd love that, hallelujah. Lots of things I'd like to be transferred away. Things transferred into my life, blessings, healings, family members restored, people transferred back into my life, my children, you know, to be transferred into the amazing things that God has for them, transferred forward into the destinies, callings, purposes, resources, homes that we need, vehicles, businesses, whatever it is, fill in the blank that, that you need transferred to you. Those will all happen, but they're not going to go the way you think. We like to pray a lot of things out of the will of God. We like to pray things like, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need that. That person needs to like me. My boss needs to not you know, be hating on me every day. And God's like, maybe that's not my will for your life. Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day what I need of today. You know what? We're required. <laughs> We're required to... Do what is set before us today. That's it. We don't know if we even wake up tomorrow. Breath. It's all in God's hands, right? So today, this is the challenge for you for 2019. Is God Lord of your life? That's the question. You Only you can ask, answer it, and only you can adjust it. Only you can change and say, Father, are you really Lord of my life? Show me the areas. David was always on his knees. Father, show me where I'm off. Show me where I need to change. Show me what I need to adjust. These are not right or wrong things. These aren't sin things or nonsense. These are none of that stuff. It's just, it's your heart for God. Do you really love him? Is he really in control of your life? So here's the, here's the fun part of this. Matthew 18, 18 says this. Uh, we're going to wrap up in a second. He says, receive this truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be considered to be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you release on earth will be considered to be released in heaven. And again, I give you an internal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something in a symphony of prayer, my heavenly Father will do it for you. For wherever two or three come together in honor of my name, I am right there with them. This is the Passion Translation, which is what I read and teach out of. Two, if two or three agree... To ask God for something in a symphony of prayer. I thought, man, how awesome is that? A symphony before the Lord. My heavenly Father will do it for you. For wherever two or three come together in honor of my name, I am right there with them. This is the key. The key, here's an awesome key. We need each other, right? I need my brother Eric in my life more than he probably wants to be pestered. <laughs> My wife's always like, you're always texting everybody to pray for you. I'm like, yeah, because I need it, as you can tell. <laughs> the key is unity. You know what? When we have a hard time, it's because we're all in islands. That's why him and I get on prayer calls all the time. We pray for you guys all the time. 
we get on calls together and we start speaking the Word of God. I mean, I'll literally just call him and start speaking in tongues. Blah, blah, blah. I think I'm mad about it maybe, but God knows how to interpret. I just you know, call him speaking in tongues and we just roll right into starting to pray because, man, we need each other. There's power in unity. This is the most important thing. There is power in unity. When we unite together, we can resolve all kinds of issues. What's our biggest problem in the world? We're all disjointed. The enemy just tries to, to keep us all separated. And then check this out. This is awesome. Psalm, so the, the number 333 is kind of significant in my life. And I, so I went to Psalm 133, verse 3. It says this. Ready? How truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. That's the beginning of Psalm 133. It is precious and sacred and as the scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. This heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping down from the skies upon Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. From, for from this... From this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing, the promise of life forevermore. So the beginning is how truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters. The key is brothers and sisters together in unity. This is the only place in the Bible that God says he commands the blessing. It's the commanded blessing of God. But what's the key? When you and I are hanging out together, when we're united together, when we're not disjointed, when we're not all apart, when we're not all separated, when we're together, then God commands the blessing. So God will command the blessing of transfers and blessings and all the things that you have need of in your life this year. Um, just these keys are important. These keys are how these things get unlocked. And we, and we step past the keys so fast. We step back past the requirements. God puts a requirement on us for things. He always, he says, hey, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal, heal their land. We are praying, God, heal our land, heal division, heal separation, heal all these things. None of that's going to happen unless his people change, unless his people pursue his face, unless his people get on their knees and say, we need to be united together. We need to love one another. God needs to be our Lord. Those, that's the key. None of these things will change unless we change.